Welcome to Tech Talks, a podcast hosted by the Rotman Commerce Fintech Association about all things business, finance, and technology. Let's dive into today's episode. And welcome back to the Tech Talks podcast. Today we're here with Connor Lowen, analyst at 3IQ Corp for our Applications of Currency, Cryptocurrency episode for the Cryptocurrency series. So to start off, can you give a brief introduction on what you do in the cryptocurrency and blockchain space? Yes, yeah, thank you for the introduction. Um, so my name is Connor Lowen. I'm a cryptocurrency analyst for 3IQ Corp. Uh, so we're the largest digital asset fund manager in Canada. We have close to $2 billion uh, Canadian in asset funder management. Um, so a lot of my day is uh, spent, you know, analyzing different opportunities, uh, you know, comparing competitive products and uh, all that. So I'm really excited to work with you guys through this podcast and talk a little bit about uh, 3IQ Corp, our parent company, and more into cryptocurrencies and fund management in general. Okay, so the views I express in this discussion are those of my own, and they don't necessarily represent the opinions of 3IQ, its affiliated companies, funds, or its investment strategies. Uh, All of our discussions today are for informational purposes only and shouldn't be construed as investment advice. Investment funds are not guaranteed. Uh, Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. Commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with investment funds. Investors should consult a financial advisor regarding their particular circumstances before making an investment decision. Please review fund offering documents for any investment funds before investing. DRIQ's regulatory documents are available on our website and on CDAR.com. So our first question for you is about like a large portion of our audience has not really heard about like cryptocurrency specific investment funds. Mm -hmm. So like what makes these cryptocurrency specific investment funds different from regular equity funds? Yeah, definitely. So with cryptocurrency funds, obviously it's in the name. So the funds themselves actually hold physical cryptocurrency. So for the sake of our Bitcoin fund, we have a little over 23,000 Bitcoin. We have the largest public uh, accessible holding in, in Canada uh, in terms of funds. Um, so typically like an equity fund, they, they involve a basket of securities, which are either selected by a fund manager or the basket is based on like some form of index fund. So if you think about like the S&P 500 index, you know, there's funds like the SPY, which, uh, which trades kind of in accordance with what that index is doing. So there's no basketed cryptocurrency public funds on the TSX right now. So what we offer are just single commodity-based funds, essentially. So we have a Bitcoin fund and we have an Ether fund. And both of those just hold just a single currency inside of them. Um, The cryptocurrency investment funds, like in their current forms, they're quite similar to single commodity funds like the Sprott Physical Gold Fund or the GLD ETF for gold. Um, so what that means is there's only one single commodity being held. So for the case of our Bitcoin fund, it only holds Bitcoin and we hold um, 23,600 or a little bit more than that. And uh, it's structured as a closed ended fund. Um, there has been a few new Bitcoin ETFs, which are on the market now uh, here in Canada and uh, ours is on the way shortly. And we're, we're quite excited for that launch. Awesome. So um, kind of delving in a little bit more to 3IQ, it's a very unique firm. So can you speak a little bit about the background of the firm and the main goals that the firm would like to achieve? Yeah, definitely. So uh, it was actually founded back in 2012. Uh, we've been at this for quite a while. Um, since 2016, we've had you know the goal of listing a Bitcoin fund for retail investors in Canada. 
Uh, so we had worked very proactively with the Ontario Securities Commission and the, uh, the regulators here uh, for several years, actually, um, to get the product out for Canadian investors. Um, and the reason for that was because, you know, we had witnessed the downfall of, you know, Quadriga CX and Einstein Exchange, which were uh, cryptocurrency exchanges that a lot of the Canadian retail investors were using to buy Bitcoin. And unfortunately, both of those venues, um, they they basically uh, killed unit holders, or sorry, they uh, they uh, they went under essentially, and uh, basically Canadians lost you know hundreds of millions of dollars worth of value. Um, so we knew that there was a better way. So uh, we knew that was through the form of a regulated investment fund, and that's how we came across the Bitcoin fund, and we got that launched last April. Mm, that's really great. And kind of building off of that, what motivated you to work at like a cryptocurrency specific firm, and how has that experience been different from other firms that you have, may have worked at? Hmm. Um, so for me, it was a bit of a natural fit. Uh, I've always been, you know, a curious cat. And, you know, even though I wasn't the best student in university, uh, I've always leveraged what I've known best, which is, you know, using software, internet culture, uh, understanding network effects. And, uh, you know, I was actually a long time uh, PC gamer and competitive um, uh, Counter-Strike player. Um, I was also a long time uh, deep web lurker. And, you know, I just, I really luckily found out about Bitcoin kind of when it was still like an experimental technology and I ended up just digging myself into a rabbit hole and uh, I got really involved with it. So I had actually got hired by 3IQ Corp in uh, mid 2017. That was kind of when, you know, cryptocurrency started to hit the mainstream. And ever since then, I haven't looked back. Um, I guess what's interesting about 3IQ Corp is that everybody is decentralized, kind of like how the actual cryptocurrencies that we hold are decentralized. And what that means is, you know, a lot of our employees, we're all scattered, you know, across Canada. So uh, for me, I live in North Vancouver, but, um, you know, a lot of our employees are with you guys in Toronto and, and Montreal and Calgary. Um, so I, I find that quite interesting how everybody works from home. And uh, we've long done that even before COVID hit. So uh, that's, it wasn't too, uh, too crazy of a change for us when, when COVID changed everything. But um, yeah, compared to my other previous firms, 3IQs really stood out. Uh, in terms of innovation and growth. Um, I mean, just last year, we had only $20 million Canadian in assets under management, and now we're close to $2 billion Canadian. So, I mean, I'm, I think at this point, we're probably one of the fastest growing fund managers on earth if you take into account just the percent return that we've had in terms of our assets under management. So very happy to see where things are going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really great. So um, cryptocurrency and blockchain, it's continually evolving in this day and age. So what mm -hmm. further developments do you see for this special currency? Yeah, definitely. I think for a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of alternative coins and there's a lot of, uh, you know, I guess you want to say like Bitcoin killers or Ethereum killers and all these, you know, new ideas that are constantly popping up and this uh, non-fungible tokens and all these new things. But, you know, I think at the end of the day that, you know, listeners who are, who are listening now, you know, you have to understand that cryptocurrencies and their respective blockchains, they're just softwares, right? And they require usage just like cell phone apps do or social media platforms or, or even video games, right? So when you look at things like third-party development and growing communities, those are required for them to be successful. And that's a big reason why Bitcoin has done so well. Um, even if you look at its market capitalization, it's, it's even bigger than Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. So uh, you know, Bitcoin's the most powerful distributed computer network in the world at this point in time. And um, I don't really see that changing anytime soon. 
Um, I will say that, you know, cryptocurrencies and blockchain in general, they involve many different forms of study. And, you know, that goes from computer science to economics to business to psychology and marketing, uh, you name it. So, you know, since this is more of a business and investment focused podcast, I guess it's critical for people here that are listening to know that, you know, there's always people looking for alternative ways to build or store value. And I think that's where cryptocurrencies kind of come into play. Um, I think naturally the public will gravitate towards the most popular but fairly distributed blockchains. So, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum come to my mind. Uh, so imagine, I'll, I'll put this into a scenario. So imagine if you're with like a group of new acquaintances and you're exchanging social media contact information uh, and you offer them your MySpace ID and they all kind of look at you like, what? Uh, that's kind of where I'm getting at, you know, people gravitate towards the most widespread and adopted technologies or else you just straight up look out of the loop. Um, I think when it comes to further development for these cryptocurrencies, uh, I think about layer two and other scalable technologies that sit on top of these already powerful networks. So think about the different services that sit on top of Instagram, for example, you know, at the end of the day, all it does is it furthers usage of the underlying protocol or the software in question and therefore those things increase its value mm -hmm. that's really interesting thanks for sharing your insights now kind of going into more cryptocurrency specific questions um how would you say managing a portfolio targeting cryptocurrency differs from a managing like a regular portfolio yeah definitely um, so I think for most people, it's going to depend on the method of exposure. And, you know, for our Bitcoin fund that we offer, you can purchase it inside of a regulated stock brokerage account. So you think of your TD direct investing or your quest trade or well, simple trade, you know, say if you hold 10 different stocks, including our Bitcoin fund, you could have different weights of exposure across the different securities, depending on your risk tolerance, obviously. But um, our fund is quite easy to buy since it's traded like any other stock. But if we're talking about real cryptocurrencies, there's a few different ways. The most common, but I would say unsecure method would be to just start an account with a cryptocurrency exchange and you, you would buy and hold your cryptocurrencies on their web-based platform. Uh, these are what we call in the industry custodial wallets. Um, and that's because you don't technically own the private keys to your coins. Even though you hold the real coins, uh, they're not necessarily yours. Um, so in my industry, we call these on-ramps, meaning this is a place where you would take your fiat money or your Canadian dollars and you would put it into there and you'd, you'd get Bitcoin or, or whatever cryptocurrency in, in return. Um, if you want to go that route, uh, you'd probably be looking at, in, looking at something like a hardware wallet or running your own wallet on your desktop computer in a node, because uh, that way you basically take custody into your own hands. So what that means is you can use one of those cryptocurrency exchanges I was mentioning, but then you can send those Bitcoins into your own wallet. And that's like being your own bank. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, investors are going to have to determine what's the best fit for them. Uh, when you look at something like our fund, we handle all of the custody and cybersecurity for you. So we use best practices. We use, you know, cold storage uh, technology to basically ensure that the cryptocurrencies aren't held um, in a situation where they can be accessed online. Uh, so they're basically taken offline into like a USB stick, if I could, if I could make it really simple. Um, so, so there's that. But you know, the, on the other hand, you have to think about the volatility of cryptocurrencies. Um, obviously, it's quite a big pill to swallow. It's really just dependent on your own risk tolerance and objectives. 
Um, as we're taught at the Canadian Securities Institute, like generally the risk tolerance should be higher for you guys or higher for, for, for students. Um, so, you know, given that typically you would have a higher weighting of cryptocurrencies in your portfolio because you're willing to take more risk. Uh, but in either case, you should definitely be consulting, you know, a licensed investment advisor before making any kind of investment decisions, whether it be in real cryptocurrency or, or even our funds. Awesome. So building on to the previous question, then, what were some of the challenges you faced when managing such a portfolio and how did you come about overcoming those barriers? Yeah, definitely. So I, I guess the first thing is not only do you have to be directionally right in the cryptocurrency world, like either bullish or bearish, either you think it's going up or you think it's going down, but you also have to worry about custody, liquidity, cybersecurity. And these are risks that are typically found in the like equities trading world. So when you add on cryptocurrencies, not only do you have to have them, you know, appreciate in value if, if you're if you're buying them long, but you have to worry about those those three things that I mentioned. So there's a lot of added risk to cryptocurrencies above and beyond just their simple price performance. And I think that's where we at 3IQ really step into the picture. Um, and that's because investment funds are, are held to a very high regulatory standard here in Canada, uh, operationally especially. Um, so if you get exposure to Bitcoin through our Bitcoin fund, you know, we handle that custody and cybersecurity risk kind of for you. Um, you know, while I'd love to push our fund to you all day, I think it really comes down to understanding these networks in general. And it's totally okay to experiment with real cryptocurrencies and our fund products. Um, at the end of the day, you'll be exposed to the returns either way. So it really comes down to you and, and how you want to manage your portfolio. Um, yeah, and, and even with us, even if you buy our Bitcoin funds, you technically don't own the private keys to the real coins, but you trust that we, the regulated fund manager, and the existing re regulatory oversight um, in Canada uh, that exists in security markets is, is sufficient for you. And I think that's what a lot of investors are finding out. Yeah, that's really interesting. Thanks for sharing that. So now kind of going into your company, 3IQ, um, it's the first Canadian company to manage like a Bitcoin investment fund. So what were some of the regulations that the fund must abide by? And was it difficult to work around these regulations? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so we're regulated by the Ontario Securities Commission and the Canadian Securities Administrators. Um, typically, an investment fund, such as the Bitcoin fund, is regulated under something called uh, National Instrument 81102, uh, which is related to investment funds in Canada. Uh, so we had worked with on the Ontario Securities Commission for, I believe, over three years to get the product listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Um, so they had general concerns regarding the auditability, the pricing, the potential market manipulation of our underlying holdings, like of the Bitcoin themselves, as it was still an emerging asset class of the last couple of years. Um, our former chief investment officer, it was actually a University of Toronto alumni, and uh, he was there with us at, uh, at our hearing with the Ontario Securities Commission. So I definitely want to give a shout out to him because uh, he did a great job for us there. Um, I think uh, if you're into securities law, you should definitely check out some of the original filings and comments that we had from the regulator regarding the Bitcoin funds. Uh, you know, I'm really, I'm really proud that the, the regulators here took an innovation-based approach to this asset class as, you know, Canadians deserve to be protected, but at the same time, they can't be stifled from investing in where they see opportunity. Um, so in a landmark victory for Canadian capital markets last year, we got the regulatory go-ahead and uh, we listed the product in April 2020 and it's, uh, it's been tremendous since then. It's really cool how 3IQ is being able to like be, you know, an innovator in this space. 
So to kind of round this out then, our last question here is, why do you think it's important for investors to consider adding cryptocurrency to their portfolios? Mm -hmm. So, you know, cryptocurrencies are unique that they, they don't have the same supply and issue dynamics, which we see with something like even normal currencies like the US dollar, or the Canadian dollar, or even when we compare them to like stocks, like the number of shares that are outstanding. So I think what's really unique is that, you know, for the case of Bitcoin, it has a cap supply of 21 million coins. Like that's the hard cap. I think around the year 2140 is when like at the current supply curve, that's when all of the Bitcoins are going to be minted. Uh, we're over 18 million mines now. Uh, when I look at things like Ethereum, they don't have a set supply cap, but a lot of the Ethereums are staked and locked up into different smart contracts, meaning that the tradable float uh, has a lot of downward pressure. So I guess where I'm getting at is that there's a lot of scarcity when it comes to Bitcoin and Ether. Uh, when we look at, you know, even the Bank of Canada's M1 money supply last year, uh, I believe it increased over 30%, meaning like 30% of the Canadian money supply was like printed last year. And you got to think about that literally on, on how much has been printed to, you know, combat COVID and uh, other monetary policy decisions. So I guess it's not really a surprise that when we look at, you know, where you guys are in Toronto and where I'm here in Vancouver, you know, real estate prices are, are going through the roof and it's because they're denominated in dollars. Um, and the same goes for cryptocurrencies and stocks, right? You have to always look at the divisor, you know, are they really appreciating in value or are they just appreciating against a devalued dollar? <laughs> so I guess what's unique about Bitcoin and Ether is that their supplies are, are widely known and they're widely quoted. And we generally know where they're headed in the future. Uh, we don't necessarily know what decisions central bankers are going to make uh, in the future when it comes to fiat money. So I guess the real question is, do you trust math and code or do you trust the words of a few key decision makers uh, in government? <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that concludes um, our applications of cryptocurrency episode for this series. But thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your unique insights and knowledge, Connor. It was really great to have you here. Uh, thank you, Hedy. That was great. Thank you, Emma. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Tech Talks. We'll see you in the next one.